I can be a nervous gift giver. I worry that the gift I've bought might not be right for the recipient. So I watch their eyes and their faces and carefully as they glance at the gift just as it's unwrapped. And what, you know, what will they say? What I hope I don't hear are responses like, oh, you shouldn't have, which can mean I wish you wouldn't have. Or, isn't this a surprise? Or, are you sure this is for me? Which could mean, this really isn't for me. This really is inappropriate. Or worse, oh, isn't this interesting? Everyone, after all, is not a gracious gift recipient. Not everyone is a gracious and skilled gift giver. Anyways, don't you think that it's that way with the gift of love sometimes? Not everyone receives it well in every circumstance. Parents who've adopted a child might tell you that sometimes their adopted child has a difficult time receiving their love. There can be a turning aside or even a pushback from the child who can't understand herself why she rejects her parents' expressions of love. Or consider how difficult it is to receive a gift from someone from whom we've not purchased a gift in return. Some gifts can be so generous or the gift was, or given with sacrifice that we find ourselves embarrassed to receive them. I recall receiving such a gift at Christmas. It was just too much. Simply too expensive to come from this particular person. I can't accept this, I said. It's too much. Please, the giver said, I want to do this. I want you to have it. Still sensing the extravagantness of the extravagance of the gift, but more importantly, the, the sincerity of the giver, I just said, thank you. What else are you going to do, you know? I believe it might be like that for many a Christian when it comes to receiving God's love. And I'm convinced that until we are overcome by the love of God and sending His one and only Son for us, our love toward Him and others will seem, will seem on the outside shallow at best. I'm not sure I fully comprehend God's love. I mean, it seems God's love is abstract. You know, it's there. You hear about it. You read about it. You hear about it from the Bible. It's expressed to you in church, in the Lord's Supper, and through each other, you know, our, our care and love between each other. But most of the time, doesn't it seem like God's love is, is an idea rather than something having physical or concrete existence? I mean, it seems like reality would bear this out. Consider how many people you've known in your life, even just in this church, who have fallen away from the faith as if there was never really any connection in heart or mind to God's love. It's a pastor's insecurity or fear, by the way, you know, that, that any one of you could at one time or will at some time just say, you know, I don't care anymore. And I'll never see you again. Because it happens. It begs the question, though, if one truly loves God, why would they leave him? I understand it's not everyone's experience to have loving parents or even one loving parent. That's a tragedy. That's not the way it should be. But it does happen often that a son or... 
it does happen, but does it happen often that a son or daughter just drifts away from their loving parents? Excluding themselves from the family? I have an uncle in Honolulu that dropped out of the family 40 years ago, but that's not the norm, is it? That's not the norm. And we could talk at length about why people give up on God and His church and where is the love and all that, but the essence of Christianity is not so much that we love God and others, but that God the Father loves us enough to send and sacrifice His Son, Jesus Christ. And we can guess that this father-son language can be off-putting to some today, could be a turnoff. People aren't looking for a person to sacrifice himself on their behalf. They're looking for a gumball machine God who dispenses good health and prosperity when you do good or be a good person. Yet God the Father sending His Son to earth to be born of a woman, to be born of, of humanity, and later offer Himself as a sacrifice gets to the heart of our faith in a God who desires to be in a relation, a relationship with you. His children, His created people. But it also gets at the reality of the essence of God being love. But what does that mean? God is love. When love is all these things we know about the earth. You know, desire, romance, Marriage, sex, having babies, soulmates, besties, bays, and a whole host of things we can call love and confuse with actual love. What does it mean God is love? When you're talking about God, it means being loved first. And always being loved no matter. Look, at the, at the beginning of my Bible study down at the Connect Center last Sunday, I, I shared with those who, who showed up the, some research that suggests that even though God has real, revealed some very specific things about Himself in the Scriptures, Christians today are all over the map in what they believe God is and who He is and what He's done and all that. So I said my goal for this Bible study is that through our studying the Scriptures together, we would know that God is a real person. That He's a real person in Jesus Christ. He's a real person who lived and died and lives again and is actually in your life and advocates for you. He's on your side. The Bible says it. And a great amount of Christian literature affirms God's overwhelming love for you. Not just, oh, eh, I think I love him. My son, dear son, Ron, or my dear daughter, Mercy. No, it's overwhelming love. Now, we don't always feel overwhelmed. As when parents or spouses or family or a good friend does something for you, gives you the most tremendous gift, nevertheless, it happened. Our God loves you overwhelmingly. And notice that John says in, in his letter there in 1 John, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. Our sins get in the way a lot, and we don't always give love, but when we do, it's because we know it's the right thing to do, 
And it's the human thing to do. Moreover, though, don't you think it's because we give love because God and Jesus Christ has overwhelmed us with His love? Don't you think that could be true? Absolutely. Even if we're not consciously aware of it, we love God and others because God's loving gift of Jesus continues to overwhelm us and transform us. Happens faster than others, with others. <laughs> Happens in various ways with each one of us. We love because God first gave his, us His love in Jesus Christ who came to this world in Bethlehem, Judea. Some of you may be expert judges in taste when it comes to the world's finest literature and you may be familiar with Thornton Wilder's prize-winning novel The Bridge at San San Luis Rey. About a monk who witnesses the death of five people in, in Peru who tragically die when a bridge they're crossing suddenly collapses. And he spends six years studying their lives before the bridge collapse, seeking an answer to the question, why these five people? Why them? Are they special? Or did they love God? Did, did he love them? He finds no answer. Yet, as we meet each of these people and hear their stories, what matters is that, is that they were loved. They were loved and that even the tragedy, the bridge collapse brought about even deeper love of, from those who loved them. As for me, I remember those disaster movies from the 1970s. You know the ones where the first hour and a half of the movie was all about the people involved in the, in the story? You know, looking at the lives of, of four or five of the doomed passengers or whoever and establishing a relationship with them before the calamity finally happens and takes their lives? Remember those? And you're left with a little feeling of loss because you felt like you got to know one of these characters. But I don't want to use illustrations too much when we have this wonderful text right in front of us that teaches us the love of God. So here again, 1 John 7-11 through in my own translation from the original language. And let the Holy Spirit through His Word do His work in you that you would have faith to believe. The Apostle John says, Dearly loved, let us love one another Because love is of God, and everyone who loves God has been born and knows God. The person not loving did not know God, because God is love. By this the love of God was shown into us, because God has sent His only begotten Son into the world in order that we might live, continuing through time with Him to the goal. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a way to appease God concerning our violations against Him. So, my dear people, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, that's where the text ends, and I'll just finish by saying, my friends, no matter how you feel about God's love or if you feel there's a lack of it, you have this word, His word that He loved you first. So much that He did for you what none of us can ever do for Him or for each other. So let this child of Bethlehem once more 
be the gift of overwhelming love to you from God. Let your worship today be your thank you, Lord. Let Him forgive you once again at this altar. Love those around you as He loves you. And let us return here next week to hear more about the peace which only He can give. Amen.